0: Dave, it's been forever
1: yeah yeah and I'm happy to be back too i i enjoyed the uh last episode with uh Josh that was that was pretty awesome uh thanks for uh Josh filling in uh while i was out uh those that, that was a great interview you did
0: yeah no he was uh, josh is great he's uh dude, that the kid's a personality you know what I mean mm-hmm. um, yeah kind of he's a he's a big personality uh makes it very easy to do a very good show with him and so uh, yeah thanks thanks for uh thanks for thanks for doing that Josh that was great
1: yeah. 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 And, uh, yeah. So this, this week, um, I'm at, well, I'm home actually, surprisingly. Um, uh, but it's pretty cool. Lauren is at, at the queen city regional in Cincinnati doing her robotics uh, competition. And they're just like doing like pretty awesome so far. So I'm, I'm pretty proud of them. And, um, at the last competition they did, they won, uh, an engineering excellence award. Uh, so that was pretty cool is for their crazy wheel design. So, um, nice a lot of fun yeah and they could be done for the year unless they go to the world championship whoa okay yeah okay so yeah you know so it'll 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 be good it's pretty cool it's like they live stream it on the uh over the internet so it's like you could watch it on youtube and it's like i had it on a window in the background and was watching it uh all day today so it was, it was fun uh to just uh, yell at my screen uh, uh, <laughs> in a good way you yeah, know, for yeah, yeah. So, yeah that's great that's great yeah and then um unless other things happen i may be going to the ohio pinball and arcade show tonight which is like uh up up the street
0: from me so that'll that'll be fun oh great oh that sounds
1: awesome
0: like 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 old-timey pinball machines and and mm -hmm. slots and stuff like that
1: yeah i never did this before but i guess you pay 20 bucks and then you can go in and then whatever games are there it's on free play so you just play as much as you want and uh um, and then you can get into the show for free if you bring a video game or a uh, pinball machine or whatever and, you know, save 20 bucks. But uh, but it's just it uh, looks like a lot of fun There's going to be more than 150 pinball machines and video games and slot machines and jukeboxes.
0: Oh, cool. Is, it, is there any in particular that you're looking forward to? I, I think it'll
1: be like. Probably whatever there's going to be stuff blast from the past from like a nostalgia standpoint that mm-hmm. like stuff that I never played like Defender and stuff like that that I that I haven't played for like I don't know thirty years. Right, joust.
0: Um, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You know that'd be great. That and was, also, and also, I imagine there's going to be like some some screwball like lots of like piston steam powered kind of pinball machines, right? Like just like crazy yeah. Rube Goldberg kind of affairs. We could only hope. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. Yeah. All right, fingers crossed for the Rube Goldberg uh, pinball machines. Yeah, yeah.
1: So what's what's up in your neck
0: of the woods? Uh, headed up to the mothership this week. Um, so I was in uh, I was in Boston for it was a, actually it was supposed to be a day trip. Um, did not end up being a day trip. There was wind in Boston, so I got stuck in the uh, hmm. the Hilton uh, over at Logan Airport. Um, okay, worst places there are worse places to be stuck. But here's a, here's a cool thing, and I thought I'd bring this to you, Dave. Um, mm. uh, you know, they give me the usual, like, hey, it's time to check in for your hotel. And I said, uh, okay, well, I, I was about to ignore it. And then I noticed at the bottom of that little notice, it said, um, on my phone, it said, uh, and, and click here to get your digital key. And I said, "I, you have my interest. And so I clicked on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, they r- did whatever registration they needed to do, and um, that allowed me to use my telephone to go unlock my hotel room, hmm. and what I thought was going to happen is that it was going to be like an NFC thing, right? Like a like a mm-hmm. like you know, paying with your phone, right? So I'll hold up, I'll hold it up real close to the door, and it'll unlock it. And I said, "Oh, no, that's clever! Like good use of the technology." Uh, but no, uh, this unlocking procedure can occur up to like five, maybe ten feet away from the door. Mm-hmm. And what I anyway, long story short, what I figured out is they're actually using kind of hyper accurate location services inside the hotel in order to figure out if your if your identity, as represented by the phone, is close enough to the door to unlock it.
1: Hmm. Isn't that cool? Yeah, but uh, I wonder if it's probably the same technology that they use, like we talked about last time with the voting, um, how they could use IMEI information or. Um, like you go in a casino and they could track you to see what machines you're playing and stuff. I wonder if they could use that to say that, oh, he's uh, using the pool or he's using the um, the restaurant or whatever as, as a way to figure out how to best uh, cater to you.
0: Yeah, so what I learned in the um, in the reception desk was they wanted me to use an app that would allow me to identify or guide me towards different services in the hotel, right? So I could pick up the app and say pool and it would give me a little you know, kind of Google navigation to go get to the pool or whatever, Hmm. Um, which sounds handy. I think you're exactly right that they're trying to figure out where people congregate. Um, And, but what I couldn't figure out is, that okay, obviously they want to collect location information from me in the hotel. Moderately creepy, but okay. I mean, there's only so many places I can be in the hotel, so I'm not sure how much Hmm. I care. Um, And like, it doesn't take you know, it doesn't take an app and an elaborate kind of hyper-accurate location service to tell everyone that I'm either going to be in bed or in the bar, right? Like those are the, because those are going to be the two options, um, if I'm at that hotel, right? Um, and also what are they going to do with that information? Like prove that people enjoy being at a bar when they're at an airport hotel? Like I could have told them that for free, right? (laughs) Um, so anyway, I was trying to, there, there must be some higher order game afoot, right? Like maybe, some minority report style advertising by the elevators or something like that. I don't. I don't know. I was trying to figure it
1: mm-hmm. out. Yeah, or or it's like, oh, Gunner, come to the bar at the at the elevator or something. It, you know, it's like, we know you like to go to the bar. Or <laughs> right, 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 right. Here's a coupon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. So anyway, so I thought that was that. Was, I thought that was cool. And I and I gotta tell you, um, being able to unlock the door from your phone is is actually legitimately useful um i think that's great oh yeah
1: yeah yeah it's like you're carrying a cup of coffee and you're dragging your suitcase and yeah Mm -hmm.
0: that's that's nice yeah
1: yeah
0: yeah so anyway so what what so what are we talking about this week dave uh
1: the usual right so um it's iot hacks we're going to talk about cyborg insects and uh, i'm also going to do a local crime report
0: I look forward to these crime reports now. I think we, maybe we ought to make this a, a regular, a regular <laughs> section of the podcast. Is uh, like yeah. lo- local Cleveland area uh, crime reporting from Dave. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's, it'll be fun, except yeah. for the people that got caught. That's um, true. Yeah. <laughs> so a little,
0: a little for... piece of Florida, right there, right there in Cleveland. I say. <laughs> Literally.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, you'll find out. Uh, so, so if people were to uh, get the crime report, what URL should we send them to?
0: Oh well, they can go to uh, dgshow.org. That's D as in Dave, G as in Gunner show.org.
1: And uh, yep. And then on the cutting room floor, we got a uh, Skywall 100 bazooka capturing a drone. Um, we have a robot that is Raspberry Pi connect, uh, Raspberry Pi robot that plays Connect Four, and um, we also have a Game Boy. Uh, emulator that you could play in your terminal with
0: php oh i'm I'm looking forward to that uh, that game boy on php i was never permitted a game boy when i was uh when i was little um were so, you uh, permitted php i was <laughs> i was actually the the, the irony is that I, I did have php but php technology had not uh was not sufficiently advanced and, and couldn't provide me with game boys or simulated game boys okay. so um i will get my revenge maybe this weekend
1: yeah okay. that'd be great all right yeah, so let's do the crime report. I right. you know everybody's eager eager to hear about it. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, speak, you, you mentioned Florida and leaving a piece of Florida in Cleveland. Um, yeah, so there was, um, you know, we're always talking about people being tracked and stuff like that, um, and it wound up that there was, is. Uh, it sounds weird, but it's actually a scary thing. There was about 20 minutes from my house, there's this guy, a police officer, um, uh, basically picked up this guy, And found out that um, the guy had a suspended driver's license and everything. I guess they were using the license plate readers or something, um, or at least called the license plate in. Um, And then found out that um, the guy was um, using the wrong identity. And they went to go to check his fingerprints with a mobile device. And the guy wound up uh, chewing off his fingerprints so he couldn't be identified.
0: (laughs) A little drastic, huh?
1: Yeah, he didn't want to be identified, I guess. And so, yeah, it wound up that this guy was uh, uh, arrested on charges of evidence tampering, resisting arrest, falsification, and obstructing of official business. And uh, he's awaiting extradition to Tampa on charges of racketeering, uh, delivery of ecstasy, having firearms and ammunition, and it's a felon having firearms uh, while engaging in a crime. Unlawful, uh, unlawful use of a two-way device and possessing controlled substances and transporting drug paraphernalia.
0: I see. So on the balance, he was—he uh, figured, I got—I can either get indicted in Tampa or, or I can get—I can get arraigned in Tampa, or I can just chew my fingers off. And he went for chew my fingers off.
1: Yeah, but it yeah. didn't work. It
0: did not work. Yeah. It's, although really nothing says arraign me like somebody trying to chew their fingers. I really like that they nailed him for um, destruction of evidence, <laughs> which, which I presume yeah. means his fingerprints. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yep. And uh, yeah, so that was scary. Um, and then literally uh, really close to home for me is um, like. Five minutes from my house, uh, there's the local uh, bureau of motor vehicles. Where just recently I went to get my driver's license renewed, um, it was really weird. Uh, back in January fourth, it just mysteriously closed down. Like the cops busted the place, they shut it down, and I was like, "What the heck? How do you shut one of these places down?" I don't know what's going on. And it wound up that the um, deputy registrar there um, was indicted on charge of unauthorized use of a computer. And I'm like, I didn't even know, like, what does that mean, unauthorized use of a computer? And they, they like, I was looking in the press for weeks trying to figure out what the specifics were. And, and then they just recently came out with what the, the thing, what, what he did. And he wound up, um, uh, what he did was, uh, I guess some lady came in, went to get some stuff done uh, with the driver's license or registration or something like that. And the guy used the computer to look up her phone number and called her out to ask her
0: out for a date. And they shut down the entire office over that. Right. Okay. Yes. Yeah.
1: And, uh, but, you know, and, and then they said that, oh, well, this guy's behavior may have been, uh, so in the, in the end, they dropped the charges and they dismissed the case. Um, but the guy did resign. And it wound up that, uh, the, the prosecutor said that, uh, uh, although the guy's behavior may have been unprofessional and in violation of his job duties, he did not commit a crime.
0: Uh, that strikes me as a lack of imagination on the prosecutor's part, because that should like, like that should definitely be a crime, right?
1: Yeah, well, I would think because you're digging, you know, you're using a government computer with government information, sensitive information like social security numbers, all that stuff, um, to call somebody out on a date and what what's stopping that person from looking up other stuff too for you know private detective goes in slips some 20 bucks or something to look up something um yeah yeah and you know the other thought i had was that what if this was a doctor's office or a bank would it be better or worse i, I don't know
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, and i also wonder about and i also want to go back to this shutting down the entire building issue um because it seems like somehow the police escalated what i guess now is an hr problem um into mm-hmm. like shutting off a public service uh for what seems like weeks right yes. um, yeah um that doesn't absolutely that seems a little excessive
1: well they may not have known what to do with it so they figured just let's just put crime tape around it and <laughs> until we figure it out you know, cause it's like what, what do we do with this you know so i don't know
0: it seems like it seems like seems like uh, this prosecutor's office should should go to some lectures or something, because um, <laughs> I feel like there's a more efficient way to deal with um, <laughs> potential computer crimes than literally yeah. taping off the physical scene. It seems weird. Less okay. heavy-handed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah
1: right. right. Yeah, or at least confiscate the computers and put a new one in there or something and let them resume business. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right, but maybe they didn't know what was going on or how they did it, I'm you know how he did it or, or what the extent was. So I don't know. Yeah, right. I guess that's
0: true. I guess that's right. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. But in in other news, um, remember when we talked about the with Windows 10, the start menu has it was putting like advertisements for Windows apps in the start menu.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. mm-hmm, Right.
1: Yeah. So so now there's a new thing with Windows 10. Um, they, if you have your screen lock on or screensaver, it will put ads up for, uh, Tomb Raider for you.
0: <laughs> like, like you can, you can elect
1: to do that. Uh, I think by default, um, it is on by default, uh, to optimize your ad experience. And, um, and, but what you can do is you can go in you can turn it off. So, um, what you do is you go in the settings and then there's a check box, uh, that says, um, Get fun facts, tips, tricks, and more on your lock screen. And I guess the more part is really uh, advertisements.
0: <laughs> Man. Okay. I, well, I, I get, they got to pay the bills, right? I guess. Yeah. 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 Now, I wonder is, now what I've noticed, though, is that they're only advertising Microsoft properties on this. Um, I'm trying to imagine a world in which they unleash you know, some third-party ad network on this feature.
1: That would be scary.
0: Yeah. That would be scary, yeah. right? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Because I could imagine it could be like a Clippy or Microsoft Bob or something. Like you know, try to sell you some other product. Because even in Rel, it's you go through the installer and it has like these little banner ad looking things for other products. And mm-hmm. is that terrible? I don't know. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. 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 But have, have you heard about uh, Google Hands Free? No, I saw that you put that in the show notes. I, please tell me more. That's I'm intrigued.
1: Yeah, so there's this uh, app from Google that, and it's right now. I think it's right in like the the uh, the Bay Area where they're doing a limited trial, and you can make in store payments whatever without having to take your phone out or your wallet. And so what you do is that you basically walk up to the checkout counter, and then um, you could say that, oh, I want to pay with Google hands free. The person at the the checkout counter is I guess they have a web enabled uh, cash register or something like that, and then they could detect that your phone is nearby and then it will show a picture of yourself that you have associated with your Google account to make sure that nobody's impersonating you and then the cashier will verify your photograph with you standing there and then they will authorize the purchase.
0: I admire the ingenuity, and also that sounds insanely sketchy. Yes. Although I guess, yeah, yeah. I got, although I guess, like compared to a credit card, though, like airtight, right? Um, I guess it's just a matter of degrees. Right.
1: Yeah. It's. I think for one thing, you got to trust the cashier, right? So it's mm-hmm. not,
0: you know, if it's a shifty
1: cashier or something. Um, and then I wonder too. It's like, what happens if there are multiple people nearby with phones, and then they're all using it, and then you got to do like, uh, the, the cashier's doing like a, a lineup to figure out who the right person <laughs> right. is and stuff. So yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. Um, Can you give me the last four digits of your IMEI number, please? Okay. Thank you. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the other thing that they talk about is that suspicious trans transactions could be minimized, uh, because it's hard to clone a, a cell phone. And if you're in different locations, um, you, you know, that's, that could trip off fraud detection too, but I would think credit card the credit cards are already doing that where like if I charge something in Ohio and then 10 minutes later, somebody in New York city is buying gasoline, it's probably not me. And then that I've I've seen where they would trip off all the alerts there. So
0: what do you think? Would
1: you, would you use it?
0: No, no, I don't think so. I think, I think we're, we're, we're hitting like Pareto territory. Um, if that's the word, like, uh, the inconvenience of having to pick up my phone. uh, So, okay. So listen, they can barely get contact free payments working. Right. Like, I think the only place I've been able to successfully use Google Pay or Android Pay or whatever they're calling it um, has been like Home Depot, right? Like That's as close as I could get. Um, and so uh, trying to make the the quantum leap to not even pulling the thing out of the, it. I'm not thinking very carefully about this. And obviously, I'm sure Google has a bunch of smart people who have thought through all of the use scenarios and everything. Um, mm-hmm. But this just seems like creating a lot of opportunities for problems. And it's not by virtue of the fact that like the phone never comes out of your pocket. That's not the problem. It's, um, this like surprisingly informal way of like verifying identity and, and conducting the transaction. Um, it just seems a lot, uh, it seems like a lot, a a lot less strenuous a process even than the contact free payments that we have already.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, but but what's funny is a contrast that you're you're liking the Hilton opening your room door hands free, but but I guess you draw the line at payments.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. It's because okay because Hilton is not in a position to take anything from me with the uh, with the with the contact free hotel key or with the uh, with the ho- with the phone as hotel key, right? Um, yes. Yeah, it's like they can. It either works or it doesn't. And if it doesn't work, I just go to the reception desk and get a real key um yeah 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 hmm. so yeah so the so that yeah so the failure state and, and assumed risk are different i think is what what makes one okay and the other one it's not it's not even like i object to it it's just i why would i go through the trouble of like learning the norms of the new system you know what it would feel like actually it's a little bit like you know you get on a bus in a strange city and you're like mm-hmm. you walk onto the bus and you got a pocket full of change you're like do i pay do i token do i pay you now later do i how do i do i need a ticket like you know, that or, kind or of confusion how much is it yeah, yeah, like yeah. I don't yeah. even
1: know what the bus fare is, and then the guy gets mad at you because it's like you don't know. It's like I
0: don't know. Yeah, exactly. And so, the, and so, actually, now I'm glad we're talking about this because now I'm learning that actually my real objection is the fact that I have to talk to the cashier and say I would like to pay hands free, please, and then she has to like pull out the hands free apparatus, right? And it, it's a whole separate thing. Um, that seems like that seems like additional stress, additional friction. I have to talk to somebody. Um, mm-hmm. And it's very much unlike the existing payment system, so that's probably why I would not use it.
1: And and I guess using it to pay for your bus fare was absolutely out.
0: That's completely that's completely out. That's that is one hundred percent off the table. Yeah, okay.
1: that's right. We'll that yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So um, other well, actually, some fun uh, news. I I think this uh, this is this is like total. Um, I don't want to call it gunner bait because this is a positive thing it, that Google's is doing um, that. There's they're doing a thing called Project Shield. Have you heard about that? Uh, No, I don't know. Yeah, so like, and we've talked about like uh, um, like repressive regimes like taking doing like denial of service attacks on say like news outlets that are doing publishing news that are against the wishes of the regime. Um, So what what Project Shield is doing is they are. Providing a capability, and they're starting with news services first, where people could basically uh, go behind uh, Project Shield and do like a reverse proxy. So if somebody wants to go to a, a news site, they actually redirect to uh, a Google server, and then Google will pull that content down and then serve it up. But what the the benefit that the news agency gets is that they're taking advantage of the denial of service protection that Google has figured out a long time ago due to their scale and being such a high value target.
0: Yup. Yup. That's so interesting. That, That reminds me of there's a nonprofit, um, who gets around, uh, censorship in countries like China, um, by doing basically, I guess doing something similar, which is, um, uh, sticking like the content of the New York times into Amazon S3. Hmm. And so the idea is that if, if, uh, if a regime shuts off access to S3, then they're basically breaking the internet for their, for the users. that just like so much content is on S3, um, or Akamai even same deal. Um, and so, uh, since they can't filter S3 in its entirety, um, the content then slips through the, uh, slips through the system.
1: Uh, it's, um, it's like putting a needle in a haystack and you can't exactly
0: Yep. you, you don't yep, want to exactly. burn down the haystack to find a right. needle yeah Yep. 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 That's yeah that's clever i like that i like that I, I am disappointed by one thing dave yeah when you said that google was starting a project shield i thought that they were rounding up mutants and i was nope. and i thought that that google had finally leveled up um and gotten into comic book territory but it's all right nope. i guess they No, yeah, all right
1: nope nope different different universe yeah
0: okay yeah
1: yeah but i got another thing that'll make you happy oh okay yeah so there's this uh there's this product that uh these guys are working on um i'll have to look the name but uh it's actually called pocket fm i believe and so it fits inside of a backpack runs on solar power or a can it's powered by raspberry pi using software defined radio and it's a way to do uh, like pirate radio transmitters. And they're actually testing it. Um, what's funny is you go to this page and it's one of those typical like startup pages. That it's just the whole website for the startup is just like one page and you just like scroll forever. And mm-hmm. one of the things that it said on the web page is that Pocket FM is currently running beta tests in crisis regions in developing countries such as Syria and Tanzania. <laughs> that's great. Yeah,
0: that's cool. That's cool. How would you like was to be I... like
1: the intern that has to like? Uh, well, guess what? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's great. What a good idea! What a great idea! Yeah. I like it. Yeah,
1: yeah. So it's it's just basically um, you could have these these uh, Raspberry Pis. They're really cheap, um, and you could put them anywhere, and and they're mobile, right? So it's like if somebody wants to bust you or whatever, you could just you could be moving around a lot too, and people could tune in and uh, listen to all that stuff.
0: It reminds me that, uh, we talked about this on the show in the past, that internet in a suitcase, um, right. That the state right. department was building. Yeah. A, so all you got to do is get this from doing regular FM to packet radio and you're, you're well on your way.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's great. Yep, absolutely.
1: Yep. And then, uh, yeah. And then remember when we were talking about, uh, the, uh, mind controlled cockroaches. Sure. How could I forget?
0: okay right.
1: Yeah. So, um, there are some guys. I think they're in Singapore. These, these guys, um, they are using. They've. Uh, they're not using cockroaches. Uh, so for mm-hmm. people that like cockroaches, they're okay. They should be okay with this. Um, they're using beetles instead, like the big, I guess uh, the the big honking beetles. And so um, they are using a microcontroller and electrodes uh, implanted directly into the muscles of the beetle's legs uh, to make <laughs> it run faster or slower. Uh, based upon the remote control of the human controller
0: uh, so gross so yeah. gross yeah and
1: and what 's different here is that remember when we talked about with the cockroaches they were using they were sticking the electrodes inside the antenna um, to like tell to basically have the cockroach think that an object was in front of it, where here it 's totally bypassing the the brain and moving and jacking right into like the muscular and and nervous system of the um, the cockroach or of the beetle
0: it's a meat puppet they're creating meat yeah. puppets
1: yeah yeah, but imagine like if you're the beetle um, like would you rather be <laughs> the cockroach that is getting the stimulus into your brain and you think you're controlling yourself or would you rather be the beetle and have your uh, legs controlled and you're sitting there and seeing yourself seeing your legs move but you have no control over them
0: trapped in the prison of your own body yeah Yeah. it's basically either like a scientist instigated hallucination or uh being a prisoner in your own body right yes yeah
1: this is like a movie
0: plot waiting to happen (laughs) yeah it is it is i think i've seen this movie actually (laughs) yeah it has to be like that yeah yeah, and is can, it, and um, I'm also, I I mean, I'm also curious if there is some heavy overlap between serial killers and, uh, and, uh, insect robot researchers. Engineers um, yeah, the guys g- have of,
1: wings off of flies and right. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. right. Yeah, I'm thinking like these guys, these guys definitely biopsied cats, right. Um, when they were nine, like the, this just seems, <laughs> it seems like a whole lot of blood and mess for, I don't know. Maybe it is a big scientific advancement. Maybe it's all worth it.
1: I can give you their justification. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so the thought was it's much easier to do a, um, like a cyborg insect than it is to engineer your own hundred percent cyborg. Because uh, (laughs) you you let mother nature, like insects are cheap. You could breed them. um, The, the, you know, basically, you think about like an ant or something. How it can lift what five hundred times its weight or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, they're really strong. They're you know, uh, Mother Nature has perfected them over the millennia. And so, why not take advantage of that instead of engineering something that would require a lot more power and it would be more expensive? Um, so, why not just take advantage of this meat puppet, as you said, uh, to be able to um, you know just take advantage of that
0: um that's see that's that's crazy thinking that's how crazy people think like the like what's built into this which i love and i appreciate very much is this is this starting assumption that like we have to build a cyborg right and it's like <laughs> like, yeah, like take it as red we, yeah. we, we need a cyborg like we need a cyborg so like what do you think is going to be easier like building a new building a new uh uh building rebuilding the biology from the ground up or just appropriating what's already been built like of course we're going to take the shortcut like whoa wait, wait, wait no 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 it's not like Let's go back to the cyborg question. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, and and also they they see the practical applications for this. Would you like to hear about them?
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does it have to do with collapsed buildings? Yes.
1: You guessed it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Again, I'm telling you
0: they're sadists. To a man, they are sadists. (laughs) Yep.
1: Yeah. So it's um, so that uh, anything from highly targeted surveillance to emergency response, where the biobots are sent through the cracks in a collapsed building to find survivors.
0: They all went to the same conference, as far as I can tell.
1: Yeah. It's what has it? Is it really a a big thing that you got? You know, is that we we have all these collapsed buildings, and we got to pour cockroaches <laughs> on people to you know. On buildings <laughs> to... Like, just leave me under there. It's like, please, I don't, I'm already having a bad enough day. It's like, I don't need like cockroaches running all over me while I'm trapped. Yeah. yeah but on yeah. a serious note, I would think that, you know, there could possibly be good, interesting medical application to this. So if, if we do extrapolate this to humans, what if you had somebody who's paralyzed and you're able to stimulate their muscles so they could walk? Um, like to me, I, 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 that's my hope in 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 humanity that that is hopefully an end goal they're targeting. I hope. I don't know.
0: Yeah, but it's interesting that they led with the collapsed buildings. That's all I'm saying. I feel like that's mm-hmm. I feel like that's and an targeted
1: surveillance, point. right?
0: And targeted surveillance, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: At least they're saying that a lot compared to just talking about collapsed buildings all the time.
0: <laughs> that's right. Is there a chance that their lab is in an is in a hollowed out volcano? I'm just I'm just or, asking.
1: Or a collapsed building, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yep. and then this is this is breaking news. Did you hear about Reddit with their warrant canary?
0: No. Yeah. So, um, it's it died. Oh, so that's interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I, I have the link there in the show notes where you could see the before and after of like you like people just noticed that the warrant canary that Reddit has had up for years is gone without any explanation.
0: So we should, we should explain for, for the, for the uninitiated, what a warrant canary is.
1: Yeah, go ahead, go ahead.
0: Okay. So, so, uh, the Patriot Act, uh, empowers law enforcement to, uh, compel the production of certain information, like say from a library, um, and say, we, we need to be able to know what books this guy checked out. And here's our, here's our flim flam Patriot Act warrant. Right. Um, the Patriot Act also says that you are, I think it's a Patriot Act, right? Um, it says that you are also, if you are the library, you are not allowed to tell your patron that you surrender the information, right? The idea here is that you need to protect the investigation, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So the law says that the library cannot tell you if, uh, if you personally have been served with this, you know, for this information. Um, but they figured out a clever way around this problem, which is they're going to put up a sign that says nobody has, uh, uh, nobody has ever, or basically, the FBI has not been here asking for information about our patrons. You hang that sign up in the middle of the room so everybody can see it, and then one day when that sign disappears, then you know that the FBI showed up and uh, and the library simultaneously has not broken the law. So they call this a warrant canary, right? So it's just like mm-hmm. a canary in a coal mine. This sign is an indication that everything is fine, and then when the sign disappears, you know everything is not fine. Um, so a very clever little legal hack. Uh, and so Reddit had put up a website saying we've never surrendered information to the FBI and or whatever and now suddenly they have and so the notice, is, uh, the notice has gone away interesting
1: there you have it yep mm-hmm. yep do you want to talk about something else alarming
0: please I feel a pun coming on
1: yeah let's talk about burglar alarms
0: and how they're broken. <laughs> okay um
1: yeah. So, um, the, did you ever hear of uh, Simply Safe?
0: Yeah. A, they started advertising on some podcasts that I listened to, I think.
1: Mm, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because, like, if I went to their website and it has, like, Dave Ramsey, and it, it looks like they're catering towards, I don't know, like, older do it yourselfers that are mm-hmm. uh, maybe not tech savvy. I don't know. Um, but yeah. anyhow, they, they talk about, um, Easy to install, uh, easy to uh, uh, it's it costs less. It's easy to install, and it's also uh, easy to compromise from hundreds of feet
0: away. (laughs) Okay, yeah. So off to um, to a great start.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, here they so it's used in more than two hundred thousand homes, and um, they basically uh, some hackers figured out an unfixable flaw that allows burglars to disarm the alarm. Uh, as far as a few hundred feet away. And so the way it works is that you have your keypad, and then you have your central base station where the brains of the system is. Um, That connection is not encrypted, and it's very susceptible to a replay attack.
0: Awesome. Awesome.
1: So like, whenever you punch in your pin, it just broadcasts your pin over over, uh, 433 and 315 megahertz for anybody to listen to. (laughs) you can capture that and uh, play it back as much as you want. That's
0: great. That's great. I feel some, I feel some lessons learned coming, but, but keep going. Okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so the, the other problem is that it's not field reprogrammable. So like people that have these systems, they can't, um, they can't fix, you know, you can't do like a software update to fix it. Cause it's sort of like the, the keypad is just like a piece of hardware that's like done. It's solved. Um, and so, uh, so that that's really a problem. Um, and so, let's see. There is uh, an official statement that um, the, this is an Ars Technica. Simply Safe wrote back to them saying that while any wireless system is susceptible to this type of attack from a sufficiently savvy and motivated intruder, our systems can be backed up with a landline or an internet connection at no additional cost. Also, this type of attack represents such a small percentage of total break-ins that the FBI doesn't even keep count. This is because the majority of break-ins are quick and forced entry and not the sophisticated type of attack that requires diligent planning as well as highly illegal and cost-prohibitive equipment. Assuming an intruder has the requisite technology, he would need to know the frequency ranges he needs to jam, 315 or 433 megahertz, and also (laughs) know the layout uh, beforehand. Um, And he would also have to avoid motion detectors even in the unlikely event that the bypass door um, bypassed a door sensor. So to me, this is like total crap, right? So yeah, like he says, number one, any wireless system is susceptible to attack. Even like uh, garage doors. I looked this up since 1997 have done rolling codes. So Mm -hmm. you can even, you could do a replay attack on them, but it's a lot harder. Um, But this isn't even using rolling codes. Um, So that's one thing. (laughs) Um, and then it says it requires, uh, diligent planning as well as highly illegal and cost prohibitive equipment. So it's 250 bucks worth of microcontrollers that are just not illegal. Right. Um, (laughs) so he needs to know the frequencies that, that needs to jam. Don't, he's not jamming the frequencies. He's actually replaying them, uh, capturing Mm -hmm. and replaying them. And it's, uh, if you look at the video in the register, it's 433 and 315 megahertz, which is the same thing as garage door, um, uh, frequencies and then mm-hmm. um, and it says also you need to know the layout of the home beforehand as well as have uh, avoid motion detectors uh, in the event uh, unlikely event that he bu by- bypass the door or sensor um, and i don't think that's the case if you just sit outside capture the code and replay it to disarm the entire system
0: right right i know yeah. what's i mean the shame is like everything you just described is totally accurate and is like utter nonsense right um Mm -hmm. but right up until then they were actually talking a pretty good game um what they were coming just short of saying is that actually our product isn't worth very much and is mostly Mm -hmm. about signaling value and not the actual uh not the actual like alarm functionality like it's more important that somebody know that you have an alarm than it is for the alarm to work properly
1: yeah, well, that's what I was going to ask you, is it, you know, as part of the kit, they give you a sign to put in your front yard that says Protected by Simply Safe, and mm-hmm. does that make it better? Is that more secure or not? It's like, for people that listen, the criminals that listen to our podcast, that's probably a bad thing, uh, but for, like, the pedestrian criminal, they probably don't know that they could do a replay attack and figure out microcontrollers and all that stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think... So, the, so you're, you're actually so there's there's two things going on when you buy an alarm system. Here's how I think about it: you buy an alarm system, you're doing two things. Number one is you are hoping that the alarm functions properly and asks for the police when somebody breaks through a window or whatever, right? So that's mm-hmm. that's item number one. But more importantly than that, you are buying a peace of mind. Um, mm-hmm. You are buying assurance and a sense of comfort, right? Um, so. If protecting the house is the most important thing to you, um, and not the peace of mind, then, um, uh, then, you know, I'm trying to balance off like, uh, there are two kinds of alarm owners, uh, the alarm owners that like install the alarm and don't put a sign up. And then there's the kind that install the alarm and do put the sign up. Mm -hmm. The people who are putting the sign up are probably, is it, that is probably more effective uh, in terms of a deterrent, right? Mm Um, because it doesn't actually matter if you do have the alarm and you don't put a sign up. Like, somebody will accidentally stumble into the alarm, but that's not actually what you want. You want them to not try in the first place. Um, right,
1: right. You want the Panopticon uh, effect.
0: Yeah, yeah. Where, so, where so, so I guess on balance...
1: People know, people know they're being watched.
0: Yeah, so I guess on balance, I'm guessing, like, if I, had to, if I had to think about how people use this product, I think probably 80% of the value is in the actual alarm functionality, and the other 20% is in the signaling value right? Mm-hmm. Um, since that would be like roughly the percentage of people that would be advertising it either with a sticker or a sign on the lawn or something like that. That's yep. kind of, that's kind of how I'm thinking about this. So, um, but, but in truth, the actual effectiveness of the thing is keeping people from breaking in in the first place. So actually the, the actual realized value is actually mostly in putting the sign in your front yard. That mm-hmm. would be my guess. Yep. Cause like skip so. over the, skip over my house, go like, go get one of my neighbors, leave mm-hmm. me alone.
1: Yeah, it's like having the club on your car. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it have got to make sure it's bright red and you can see it through the window. That's,
1: yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, well, speaking of security, um, you remember FOSCAM? The, the people were making the baby monitors that uh, people were, like, uh, jacking into and, and talking to children yeah. in their rooms?
0: Yeah, yeah, of course. They're yeah. back in the news. Creepy. Yeah.
1: yeah. Okay. FOSCAM's back, yeah. So not only does their stuff do that stuff um people found out that um that um like whenever the 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 camera uploads videos and stuff like that it actually doesn't Mm -hmm. connect directly to foscam servers it actually connects to a chinese peer-to-peer network (laughs) all right (laughs) yeah yeah and and uh the reason why um, they're using peer-to-peer networking, uh, according to Foscam, is that um, it makes it much easier to punch through the firewall, uh, and it makes it more plug-and-play.
0: Yeah, yeah, sure. You know what? You know what else is easy? It's just take it, just get rid of the firewall altogether. Uh, yeah. Just take take all that yeah. stuff down. That's it gets in yeah. the way. Yep. yep. Oh boy. Yeah,
1: but uh, some other fun stuff. Um, speaking mm-hmm. of internet of things like things um so do you have a wireless keyboard or mouse
0: i do i have a wireless uh i have a logitech trackball that's wireless and okay. i love it
1: is yeah. it bluetooth or or
0: uh, uh no no it has its own goofy radio uh hmm. kind of thing which is okay uh, frustrating to me
1: yeah so this is for you um yeah okay so, yeah so uh one of the things so i always thought that it's like, yeah, I would be afraid to have a wireless keyboard, right? Because I don't, if somebody cracks the encryption of the wireless keyboard, it could read my keystrokes and, you know, that would be bad. But for a mouse, mm-hmm. who cares, right? It's just grabbing the XY location and, you know, what, what is somebody going to be able to make out of that? So it's like, I would think a wireless mouse, no big deal. Winds mm-hmm. up that um, there are some guys, they figured out how to uh, get an Arduino and an NRF uh, 24L chip, which is less than like 75 cents, um, to simulate a wireless keyboard. So the same dongle that you, like the Logitech dongle that you have, mm-hmm. it could be like mm-hmm. one of those kinds that um, not only allows you to use the same dongle to attach a mouse, but also a keyboard. And what the attacker can do oh, is attach a keyboard to your system. And um, and so what it can do is then send uh, keyboard uh, sequences.
0: Okay. Yeah. Looks good. So there you All have. All right. Okay. Now we're cooking. Um, man, but that's, uh, uh, okay. So the lesson learned here for me is, um, stick with what stick with the wireless standards that are standards and that, you know, and don't use some manufacturers, hinky Whether And this is true of the simply safe guys and the mouse jack guys is, um, like stick with Bluetooth. Like if Bluetooth yeah. is broken, um, if Bluetooth is broken, there's going to be an update or there'll be a new standard or or what have you. If you're relying on some, you know, some Chinese or Taiwanese ODM for your security, chances are you're going to be disappointed. Yep.
1: Yep. Exactly. Yep. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And um, remember, remember the 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 Amazon the button thing that you press and it'll order more detergent for you
0: yeah 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 yeah. or a toilet paper or whatever yeah yeah Mm -hmm.
1: yeah so now amazon and brita they're teaming up to um they have a water pitcher now that will automatically order water filters for you whenever the the water filter is kicked
0: huh i'm trying to imagine if i like that or not i think i like that yeah i think that's I I think it probably costs too much for what it is, but but I I think I like that that function. I would certainly like it for something like razors, right?
1: Yeah. Well, for every every 40 um uh, yeah, it's Amazon dash. Um so basically they put the Amazon dash intelligence inside the water filter and once you go mm-hmm. through 40 gallons of water, um it would automatically tell Amazon to order new Brita filters for you.
0: Yeah, no, that actually that. sounds good. I you know, I would like to I would like a, I would like that for a water filter. I would like it for the air conditioning filters in my house.
1: Yep. You know what they added for, can... um, uh, they, they just, just this week they came out with a whole bunch of Amazon dash buttons for like all kind of things, like including like condoms. <laughs>
0: just kind of duct tape it to your bedpost, I guess. Is that the, <laughs> I, yeah, that's like, that's the thing I'm wondering to like, where, put the button for that. I,
1: <laughs> or they team up with the you manufacturer that, the... that it's like, okay. we're, we're veering now, I guess.
0: We're going to lose our rating. It, but, um. I'm trying to imagine another drone coming through the window. <laughs> okay. All right. Right. Exactly. Here's your Amazon shipment. Sorry, oh, awkward. <laughs> Back to work. Yeah.
1: So let's let's talk about um,
0: uh,
1: the intelligence community for a
0: little bit. Okay.
1: Yeah. So. Uh, Mike Rogers, uh, he presented at RSA uh, when you know was it was a couple of weeks ago, um, and it was mm-hmm. neat that he presented on the three things that keep him up at night, um, and uh, so I just want to go through them really quickly. So one was mm-hmm. an attack on U.S. critical infrastructure, um, which he says is not a matter of uh, it's a matter of when it will happen, not if. Um, so he's mm-hmm. citing like the U- Ukrainian power grid and all that. Number two was data tampering. Um, which to me is, is like, I agree. That's like super scary where you, you don't know that you've been hacked, but your data has been tampered with and you don't know what Mm -hmm. data is good and what data is bad. So that is like, think about like, like we just, we haven't talked about it this week, but all the hospitals that are going through ransomware, um, to me, it would even be worse to, um, go through a hospital's data system and change the data. Um, And say that, Mm -hmm. oh, if you want the right data back, you know, that would be even more horrifying and more terroristic to um, have data that you don't know what has been tampered with and what is right. Um, So that was scary. And then the third one was um, uh, actions of non-state terrorist groups uh, changing their use of online resources. So he was saying that, you know, people are mostly going online, like ISIS and all that, to recruit members, raise funds, and distribute propaganda but what happens if they go on the offensive? Um, and like, what happens if they use cyber for destruction? Um, these groups are not interested in maintaining the status quo, but tearing it down.
0: Although, it is, although actually, you know, the, the drumbeat of, of threats, especially on his first point about critical infrastructure and his third point about you know non-state actors, um, I don't want to sound Pollyannish, but it's been an awful long time. Um, and it's not that they lack the will um, and it's certainly not that they lack the internet connections. So it makes me wonder why it hasn't happened yet. And mm-hmm. I don't think it's because we have such crackerjack cybersecurity, right? As I mean, the, if we had such crackerjack cybersecurity that we could be really proud of, and that's what was preventing them, like you and I wouldn't have a show, right? Right. Um, but, you know, we wouldn't have doorbells to get compromised or, um, or, you know, uh, alarm systems that could be hacked by using replays. Um, so, I wonder, I, I think the more interesting question, especially on his third point about the non-state actors is why has it not happened yet? And I don't mm-hmm. feel like I know the answer to that.
1: I, I think that there are more lucrative targets. Like it's like, to me, I think it's more lucrative to either do ransomware to fund your operation or to do, um, to do like, you know, cyber heists, like where I, there was a recent thing I saw where I forget what the company was, where it was like, uh, people were uh some there's like a, a fake email that went from like the CEO to the CFO of a company saying that oh transfer x millions of dollars to this chinese company and it wound up being like mm-hmm. a total scam the transfer happened and the money was all gone aha uh-huh. so yeah. for stuff like that it's like you can it's you know it's like yeah what happens if a terrorist like a terrorist could use it to scare people like they could disrupt an electric system or something like that but you know that does that have the same effect as like like raising money and doing other things where they could like set off a bomb or you know it's like i don't want to say bang for buck but for somebody to go and like start shooting people um that is Mm -hmm. not expensive compared to like doing like disrupting and it's not hard it's not complicated compared to like disrupting Mm -hmm. the electrical grid
0: yeah Well, and also it's a time and attention thing too, or or like a risk reward thing too. I'm thinking about like, uh, if I've got half an hour a day to spend on this, am I going to spend it on recruiting or am I going to spend it on doing something very risky, could potentially be catastrophic, but probably Mm -hmm. won't be. And also I stand a very good chance of getting caught doing it. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: Right. It's like, like recruiting is like way cheaper and probably more lucrative. Right.
1: Yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, speaking of uh, using cyber for destruction, um, the DoD is having a hack the Pentagon month. (laughs) So beat them to the punch. That's great. Yep. Yep. So, um, yeah, so this is new. It's actually going to go from uh, April 18th to May 12th. Um, They have a budget of $150,000, and they didn't say which sites are targets and which ones you shouldn't go after, um, but... It's interesting. I, I'd love your take on this. Where um, you and and the other funny thing too is, if you submit a vulnerability, uh, successful participants who submit qualifying vulnerability reports will go undergo uh, they will undergo basic criminal background screening to ensure the taxpayer dollars are being spent <laughs> wisely.
0: And they'll come up 100% positive for violations of the CFAA or whatever. Like, <laughs> it seems like a honeypot to me, right? <laughs> like, yeah. Here, yeah. come hack the Pentagon. No, 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 it's cool, I promise. <laughs> and like, yeah. And then if you actually do it, it's like, <laughs> oh, you're going to get a background check, all right. <laughs> yeah. We're going to give you a background check and an indictment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah
1: yeah or it's like the syrian electronic army wins or something and uh
0: <laughs> yeah exactly right
1: they'd be like it, you know it could be embarrassing to the dod but then all of a sudden it could be like oh what are your gps coordinates we'll send a delivery right away um
0: we'll yeah. send a drone yeah, yeah, to yeah. drop
1: off the cash with uh right yeah
0: <laughs> that's interesting i i mean i i i know i understand why they're trying to do it right is um uh, by kind of like allowing for the hacking in a control place, they can learn some valuable lessons, which they can then apply to kind of more important stuff, right? I expect that the sites that they're going to open up is like, you know, whatever, uh, you know, website kind of front pages, right? Like basically billboards for the DoD mm. rather than like operational systems. Like they're not going to take like the defense travel right. system and, and expose that, right? So
1: No, no. But, and and I wonder too, if it'll be like, army.mil or something like that? Or will it be like some obscure army website that it would be like less of a a victory for somebody to go in and stick a logo on the front page?
0: Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like the Guam air national guard or something like that. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, no offense to Guam or the air force, but, uh, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Um, you know, I was just listening to a podcast on this topic. Um, uh, there's a great uh, actually. So first, there's a great podcast that I've started listening to from Politico magazine, and especially as mm-hmm. the as we ramp up into the elections, um, uh, just very high quality interviews. Um, not you know not particularly partisan, um, very very thoughtful. Um, the podcast is called Off Message, and a couple episodes ago they interviewed uh, former head of the CIA and uh, NSA General Michael Hayden. Um, mm-hmm. Man, listening to this guy now that he's in kind of quasi retirement, um, listening to what a, first of all, super smart guy, Mm -hmm. um, very thoughtful and extremely articulate. And if, and, and I was really struck by how, how deeply held his beliefs were and how just utterly reasonable the guy was. Um, Hmm. and I couldn't help but think is like, if he was permitted to talk this way when he was in office, um, we would probably have very different views of both the CIA and the NSA. Um, hmm. Anyway, I encourage everybody to go listen to it. It was really eye-opening for me, um, and hmm. I really enjoyed it very much. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, I'll have to check that out. That sounds pretty
0: good. So what else is uh, – now, is Lauren is still at NASA? Is she, no, she's mm-hmm. done with that.
1: Uh, well, it's uh, – she does stuff over the summer and also – uh, does writing uh, like with opensource.com and NASA during the school year. Mm-hmm. So, okay. yeah, so okay. she just got a, a recent article published uh, basically summarizing the image processing work she did over last summer um, using like OpenCV and and stuff like that um, at NASA. So it's was, it was a pretty cool, neat video in there.
0: Oh, right on. Well, that's great. Yeah. That's great. And I think I'm, I'm looking at my scorecard here and it looks like Lauren is about four press appearances ahead of you. In the race, at least, yeah, at least, at least, <laughs>
1: I'm slacking, yeah, but I'm trying uh-huh. to catch up. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I was in I was in uh, Fed News Radio and talking about the uh, OMB policy memo on uh, open source. Uh, so um, basically, the, the spoiler alert is that uh, I'm for open source, um, and open source is good. <laughs> so that's, that's motherhood and apple bit. pie. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. So, cool. cool. That's great. Yeah, and Excellent. then this is, like, you got some stuff in your neck of the woods that are, like, like big news, right?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, let's see. So, I okay, guess so we'll, we'll start with the little one, and then we'll go to the big one. So, the little one is, um, since we last spoke, um, Scott Harold on my team, product manager for Red Hat Enterprise Virtualization, and his crew um, actually got out the door uh, Red Hat Enterprise Virtualization 3.6. Um, and the reason why you would care about that is, uh, first is... Um, uh, there are frankly a bunch of customers who are extremely anxious about VMware nowadays um, with the EMC stuff and the Dell stuff and, um, and kind of at the exact same moment, Rev um, is now getting to a feature set where um, people can plausibly bring Rev into an environment where previously there was just VMware. Mm-hmm. And uh uh, and so to actually to help them along, we actually added a feature just for them. So if you're running a VMware install, a shop, you know, say you're running it in a little development shop or something like that, and you want you want something cheaper, you want something open source, um, you can use a feature we call V 2 V in Rev. And uh, oh, nice. so that's that's basically vert to vert. So you can plug Rev into your VMware infrastructure and hit a button, and Rev will slurp up all of your virtual machines and put them into the Rev environment. Um, oh nice. So what was before yeah, and that nice so, so whereas before you would have to like basically carry those images, like copy them and then move them by hand into the rev yeah. environment, um, this this just does it automatically for you. It automates the whole process. That's sweet. Nice. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty great. Um, and then also we've we've added a bunch of support for. There's some jiggery pokery we did with like SRIOV to make uh, storage much faster. Um, uh, traditionally, storage has been you know a little bit. Uh, Not really slow, but it has been kind of a slower part of the infrastructure. SRIOV helps with that stuff. And then um, we've also seen a lot of interest in folks wanting to take advantage of GPUs or graphical processors inside Mm -hmm. virtual environments. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes it's for desktops and things like that. But more often than not, it's like I'm doing animations or I need to do a bunch of vector math. Um, And so with a VFIO uh, that we added in Rev36, you can do stuff like... um, expose GPUs to individual virtual machines and have them mm. shared, uh which is which is pretty sweet. Um and let me see what else. Oh, and then we can and and now uh Rev can uh, hot add memory. So if you're max dot on memory on a virtual machine you can add more as the machine is running without shutting it down. So that's pretty cool.
1: That's nice. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So anyway, so that's that's the that's the kind of lesser news the big splash that I've gotten like 40 emails about today. Um, and cause we just announced it yesterday as we're recording, um, is, uh, Dave, I successfully made my free product free. Uh, again, I guess is one way to put it. So, mm-hmm. uh, red hat enterprise Linux is now available free gratis, uh, to developers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, which is a, which is a very big deal. Um, before, uh, you have always had to pony up money, uh, even if it was just a little bit of money. You would always have to pay money for a developer subscription uh, for RHEL. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, for free for nothing, all you have to do is uh, register, you know, get an RHN account, and we will give you one copy of Red Hat Enterprise Linux with, uh, you know, the developer tools, container development kit, all that stuff. Um, and the whole point here, obviously, is uh, is to get more developers working directly on Red Hat Enterprise Linux.
1: Mm-hmm. Nice. That's really that's so big, cool, and you want to hear it. It is big news, for and a you want to hear
0: the crazy part is we announced it at Microsoft Build. <laughs> nice, which is which is not not a sentence I thought I would be saying when I joined Red Hat ten years ago. Um, Great. the world is uh, the world the world's changing. It's, things are getting weird. Things yep. are getting weird. Yeah. So, wait. Speaking of uh, animations and vector math and stuff. Uh, I got a, I'm reading here in the lessons learned you're going back to your VR roots. Yeah,
1: so I I used to do virtual reality like before I came to Red Hat and uh for like mm-hmm. a long time like 15 20 years. And uh have you ever done anything with uh, uh Google Cardboard ever tried that out?
0: No, I've always been intrigued by it, but I've never I never actually played with it
1: yeah so it's uh google cardboard you it's basically a piece of cardboard you fold it up you get some rubber bands some lenses maybe a magnet um you put it all together it's like three bucks if you order it online or whatever um and then you can get this virtual reality headset and uh what and but it's like oh how does that work you know it's a virtual reality headset the way it works is that you stick your cell phone inside the google cardboard uh folded up thing right and then you could uh do all these apps like uh, YouTube videos that are 360 videos, and and it, what it'll do is it'll use the sensors on the cell phone and the display of the cell phone to create a stereoscopic view, and the sensors will will uh, like the accelerometers and geom- uh, uh, gyroscopes and all that will help with the head tracking to when you're looking around to uh, change the viewpoint. So it's actually pretty neat. I I ordered a uh, a unit from. Uh, overseas it was like 10 bucks or something like that um, like it was actually like a plastic box that has like straps and you strap it to your head and it's actually fun to just play around with and uh i and what got me turned on to it was i found that there was a, a guy he came up with a um a, a virtual reality cycling experience for like 40 bucks like out the door uh the, after you but you know you got to add your cell phone to it but you used like Google Cardboard with the head mounted display that was like $10. Um, and then he wired it into his bicycle and then put his bicycle on a stand and then um, used an Arduino to track um, the rotations of the, the back bicycle tire as he pedaled around. And by pedaling around, that allowed him to propel through the virtual environment.
0: Neat. That's really cool. So, no, help me out. Like, if you had to do this 10 years ago, what what would that look like? You said it's like a forty dollar. So apparently it's not like a forty dollar experience. What what, what, what well, would that have been? You know, in your yeah, last
1: that joke? that setup would have been like I would say back in my SGI days. Like the head mounted display by itself would be like ten to twenty five grand, um, and wow. and it would be really really poor resolution compared to like the the eye limiting resolution you have on cell phones today. Um, yeah, and and. You know, so that that's just pretty amazing. And uh, so I was, I was playing with, uh, I was looking, and that's what really got me turned on to it. And one of the apps that I found um, that you'll find really interesting, there's a, uh, an app that I found. It's called um, Virtual Speech. And what it is is an app that allows you to, it puts you either in a conference hall or in a conference room, and you could practice giving presentations. Oh, cool. Yeah. There's like video animations of people sitting around a conference room table, um, or people that are sitting in the audience in like a ballroom as you're giving a presentation and they show you how to import slides and you could flip slides. You have a teleprompter in there. Um, you also have like a timer. So you could, you could time yourself for how long you're talking and everything. And, uh, I emailed the guy for the heck of it and saying, Oh, Hey, this is pretty cool. I had some suggestions for him and he actually implemented them. Um, but, uh, and I asked, well, what is the, um, uh, Dom Bernard is, is the guy that implemented it. Um, he, he said that, uh, I, I said, well, okay, you put this thing in the Google Play Store, it's for free. What's your business model? Um, you know, it's like, how, how do you plan to monetize this? And he, he was like saying that um, just basically uh, to come up with a minimum uh, viable product to see if people like the idea. And his thought is to target uh universities like MBA schools or drama students, um, and also to help with uh corporate training companies like think like Dale Carnegie with uh, speech taking uh, speech classes and yep. all that. Um and also I would also yep. yeah, and I would think too for like psychologists that want to people that have public speaking anxiety, um this could be another way to do it. And mm-hmm. you don't even have to go to a doctor's office to do this, right? You can yeah. get the ten dollar yeah. Um, plastic box you stick your cell phone in it and just have at it uh, go ahead and practice and it's neat I was using it I could see people in the audience I could see them pulling your cell phone out or yawning and stuff like that and and I was I was, I was going to ask
0: is it are there like are there like settings for like hostile board like can you can, <laughs> you can you can you like there... throttle the reactions of like laptops stay open lest out laptops stay closed like that kind of thing
1: well that that's what I suggested to him is it um, mm-hmm. use the microphone as an input sensor uh, so that if mm-hmm. you're projecting your voice, it would command people's attention. But if you start to talk really low and really quiet, um, have the animations of, the, of the, the, video, the, the video animations of the people, have them pull out their cell phone or look at their watch or look bored and stuff like that. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's a pretty cool idea. So uh, he might implement it uh, down the road.
0: That's great. I mean, he should kickstart the crap out of this thing. I would. I would throw yeah. down money for this. That sounds yeah. great.
1: Yeah, but it's out there now, and people could try it out. Um, I'll, I'll put. I have a link in the show notes where people could could check it out. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and speaking of sensors, did you know that um, you, you can't trust GPS units in China at all?
0: I actually did know this. I actually did know this. I got uh, back in the, when I was in the mill OSS days, I think at one of the conferences, there was a, there was a, a mapper guy, like a guy who, who built maps. Um, mm-hmm. And he was talking about some of the challenges of, uh, of relying on GPS and specifically in China, things get, things get weird when it comes to mapping in China, right?
1: Yeah. It's, it's actually illegal for foreign individuals or organizations to make maps in China without official permission. And, and blows so. My mind blows my mind so if if you don't receive permission you have to introduce a geographic offset um into the map so um they call it a cartographic drift and so like if people are doing like you can imagine like you're doing like yelp or you know whatever where you're saying oh i want to go to this coffee shop or you want to navigate to this coffee shop um it, it could be like way off or it's like, or you geolocate you take a picture of somebody at a coffee shop and then it adds the gps coordinates into the exif data of the photo um it could be like in the middle of like a river or something that, and it, it could be like way off by meters
0: and is this like a it is your is it your guess that this is like a keep the population under control kind of measure or is this like a, a military defense measure
1: my guess it's it, it could be a little bit of both um you know as far mm-hmm. as uh, um like I remember, uh, in World War Two, when when people were uh, when one country was invading the other country, they would take down the the road signs just to make it uh, harder for the enemy to be able to get in and navigate. Um, and so I, I can imagine that being a defensive thing, uh, especially.
0: So how does it how does it work with like uh well how does it work with like third parties like uh, like Bing Maps or or Google Maps? Like, do they honor the mm-hmm. the skew yep. or the the Huh? Yeah. So,
1: like, like Google uh, specifically says that they alg- algorithmically derive an offset, and it's it's uh, they call it it's underscore apply China location shift, um, and then internally they call it evil transform.
0: <laughs> huh? And so you got And so if you're the Google, for example, and you want to produce like a useful Google Navigate function, you have to somehow provide the location shift, but not have it be so bad that it is not actually useful. Right.
1: Right. It has, it's probably accurate within, I don't know, 50 meters or something like that. But I can, I I just wonder too, like if you're driving around, like could like Waze or like Google navigation or anything like that, does that make it useless?
0: Yeah. Well, and I'm wondering, you know, I mean, knowing how much like, you know, the Google cars, for example, um, yeah, are so heavily cars. dependent on yeah, like they're those are so heavily dependent on GPS data that they would be useless in China. I never thought no. of that. Well, yeah, I guess good for the Chinese, that. good good for the Chinese robot uh, robot vehicle industry. I guess.
1: Yeah, they could they could buy the official maps from uh, um, Huawei or whoever. Um, and,
0: uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. There you have it. Uh, well, Dave, thanks. That was a that was a boatload of, a boatload of stuff for this episode
1: yeah there's a lot to catch up on uh look forward to when we do this next
0: yeah so that um and so next week we'll be at the uh sales kickoff in north america um yep. dave and i will both be in New Orleans at the same time, which is exciting. I'm looking forward to seeing yep. you in person
1: dangerous yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's right there might there will be interviews i I'm I'm, yep. I'm I'm pretty sure um so but in the meantime dave if if uh if folks need those uh frequencies again um uh, for the uh uh simple secure uh alarm system um what website should they, should they go to
1: yeah they want to go to dgshow.org so d's and dave g's and gunner show.org nice well uh,
0: have a great weekend dave
1: yeah you too gunner thanks everybody for listening <music>